Welcome to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. This is the podcast bringing you inspiring stories from creative professionals from around the world. It's real conversations with real artists. And in this episode, I'm talking to somebody very, very special to me. I'm talking to Cody Oldham, who's coming to me from Colorado in the United States. Now, if you missed Cody's first episode with me way back when, I think we recorded that in 2019. And if you've been under a rock and you have no idea who Cody Oldham is, then let me give you a little bit of the backstory here because Cody's just an extraordinary young artist. He's doing some massive things. And when you hear that he's only 19 years old, it really can be quite inspiring and motivating. This guy is just really kicking some massive goals with his art. Now, I first met Cody when he was 12 years old. A while ago, when I first started my YouTube channel, in fact, I reached out to my mailing list and I was offering kind of one-on-one coaching, creative coaching, I called it, where I would help you with your creative journey and give you some tips and tricks and some strategies to help you become a more successful professional artist. And of course, I've been a professional working artist now for 20 years, so I felt that I had something to offer. And so we were booking a few of those sessions and we got this email from Cody. And when my wife read this email, she immediately said, you've, you've got to read this. And I was touched and I had to reach out to Cody and talk with him and hear about his story. And right away, I realized that Cody was very different. Here's a 12 year old kid who was so serious, so fired up about his art, so driven and motivated that it really put my efforts to shame. I thought I was a pretty serious guy, even as a kid, but I had nothing on Cody. And then when I saw the quality of his work, good night for a kid to be painting like that. Are you kidding me? It's really, really incredible. Now, fast forward, Cody's 19. He's exhibiting with some reputable galleries. His work went from selling in the hundreds to now selling in the thousands. And he's getting ready right now for a major solo show to take place in Santa Fe. Now, just on a little side note, not only does the Oldham household have a creative genius in their midst, but they also do something pretty special. They rehabilitate mountain lions. So if you're in North America, then you no doubt know what a mountain lion is. They can be sometimes called pumas or cougars, but these are pretty serious big cats. They're an elusive and majestic creature that prowls the American wilderness. Now, unfortunately, sometimes these cats get caught in traps or on fences or can even get hit by cars. And then it becomes a task of some very special people to rehabilitate these animals back to health and then release them back into the wild. And that's what Cody's family does. And so here, there's actually mountain lions in the house. Cody was coming to me from a corner of the living room because he had to give up his studio to a poor mountain lion that had had its paw trapped in a, in a trap 
and so he wasn't in his usual surrounds, but still the call held up pretty good. We got some good audio out of it. Now, Cody's family is really experienced in rehabilitating these cats, and they have to go through all the normal regulations and procedures to be able to do it legally. But can you imagine for a second what it would be like to be growing up so close to these creatures? And then how that might fuel your art if you were to paint them. And it was so cool, as I'm talking to Cody, I could see that he was working on a knockout painting of a couple of cougars. And he was right in the middle of the process of laying down that paint. Now, of course, if you want to see the video version of this podcast, I've started to put these episodes out on my main YouTube channel. So you'll find a link to that in the description below. But Cody's also very kindly offered to share his process with some higher resolution images with my online academy. So we can see how he starts his paintings and how they progress through those stages of blocking in and modeling to the final detail. So if you want to find that, as well as exclusive extra content that I don't upload anywhere else, I'm talking tips and tricks to help you with your drawing and painting, but also some real actionable strategies to help you take things a bit further as a professional working artist. So join our exclusive community. You're going to find a link to Tish Academy in the show notes. Now, if you aren't already following Cody, make sure you do so. He can be found at Cody underscore Oldham underscore artist. That last name is spelled O-L-D-H-A-M. And that's on Instagram. You can also be found at CodyOldham.com. I can't wait to share this conversation with Cody with you. This was really inspiring. Here's Cody and the creative endeavor. Cody Olden, welcome to the Creative Endeavor Podcast. Thank you so much, Andrew. It is a pleasure to be here. Oh man, this is, I, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this. Now, people would have heard from the introduction that um, we've, we've been talking on and off for several years since you were about 12. <laughs> okay. Well, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a really interesting road, my friend. And um, here you are, you're, you're in Colorado. You're now 19, just turned 19. You're painting yeah. some killer stuff. Cody, why don't we kick things off here? Um, because I, you've been on the Creative Endeavor before, but you were interviewing me, and this time I want to I want to interview you. I want to I really want to hear about and, and give me a snapshot of what is going on now. What are you doing with your art? How's it going? You're just painting some killer stuff. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, right now, uh, if you're talking about the current projects I have going on right now, uh, this thing behind me, this is a 24 by 30 I just got going of a couple mountain lions. I, I'm kind of trying out some new techniques right now, uh, still kind of being kind of a, a I'd say, uh, well, what is the word? Not too far into the process or into the journey of painting itself. I'm still exploring so many other techniques uh, so it's like, well, maybe I want to try something a little bit looser or, you know, I'm going to try something kind of photorealism here. And every project presents a new opportunity and a new challenge. And I'm, with this particular project, I'm kind of going in with like, okay, maybe 
maybe I'll kind of skip the block channel. Maybe I'll do one layer, but I'm going to do a color study first to make sure I get my colors right before I do that. Um, and then after that, I got this big ambitious piece for uh, of the Grand Canyon, which is another even bigger challenge because I've, I don't usually paint desert scenes or anything like that. So uh, really looking forward to that. But really, when it comes to planning out paintings, I try not to plan too far in advance or I get ahead of myself. So whenever I, I'll plan two paintings, that's about as far as I go, or I can just get ahead of myself because I like to focus on what I'm doing kind of in the here and now. But yeah, I just started this one today for those of you who are uh, just uh, listening. Uh, it's uh, 24 by 30, two mountain lions kind of descending off of some rocks. Uh, but yeah, having, having a lot of fun with it right now. Every every day is kind of a new challenge when it comes to new technique, new brushes, kind of new everything. So yeah, it's it's awesome. I've I've said before on the podcast and and in some some content, you know, when you're green, you grow. When you're ripe, you rot. And this is just mm -hmm. such an exciting time. I, I think as long as you got a brush in your hand, it's an exciting time because there's <laughs> oh, an yeah. opportunity. Yeah, there's an opportunity to learn something new, right? But definitely, you know, yeah. The mountain lion is something that's very special to you. I know that, that animal in particular. Now, is is the mountain lion in the room? You had you you were telling me before that you had one yeah. in a cage that you were rehabilitating. Well, uh, as of right now, I'm not actually in that room anymore. Um, okay. uh, the, the, the mountain lion kind of kicked me out of the room. I am They'll now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was trying to work in there, but he was uh, like, uh, you know, he was right behind me trying to focus, but he was always kind of making noise, a lot of noise, kind of growling. He didn't really like that I was there all day. So I moved kind of my studio space into the kind of part of the living room in the house right now. And I, I'm just kind of painting up here until I, he moves outside. Uh, after he's kind of uh, back to health but uh, yeah my dad has uh, my dad kind of runs the whole uh, mountain lion rehabilitation center and he's rescued two wild mountain lions uh, in like the past month and a half one of them I, I was along for the journey the uh, other mountain lion he my dad uh, got a late call about it and he went up to outside of boulder uh, to rescue him we brought him back and of course since he just was he's wasn't in very good shape he couldn't be outside because we're at the tail end of winter here so he had the only room the kind of the only room available we could put the transport carrier was my studio space so i had lost like 30 percent of the studio space i had and i for like a week or two i tried to make it work but i'm like okay it's a little bit of a distraction right now i, I just need to focus so I'm up here. I'm upstairs now. <laughs> I just, so, I, I want the listeners to picture though, in their mind, like, yeah, you would find it difficult focusing with a mountain lion behind you. Okay. Granted it might be in a cage, but <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just, I find that nuts, man. That's so cool. That's so stinking cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the listeners would have to go back to like episode 10 to like, because I, I think we explained kind of the full story of like uh, the mountain lion rehabilitation thing. My yeah. dad does. Um, yeah. Let uh, me ask you, like, is it, is it something that, I mean, reference is so hard to come by. So when you're, when you're going to be shooting reference for a picture, like, like what you're painting there, beautiful 
cat just descending this ridge line that I can see just the beginning stages of. Are you yeah. are you gathering um, photographs of your your animals that you're rehabilitating? Well, to be honest, our um, outlines are not the most photogenic. They they don't exactly like to pose. If you know if they Fair see enough. you, they typically you know they just sit there and with their ears down and. Uh, one of the artists, uh, one of my artist friends, I, I asked him, like, I don't have any Mount Lion references right now. Do you have something? Because he he goes up to uh, like, uh, it's some, I think it's like Triple D or something. And we'll photograph these cats let out. And these cats are kind of trained to like run around, jump around on things. So you can get some really iconic images. So with this particular piece, unfortunately, it's not our cats because it's like they... Like I said, they're not the most photogenic. They they don't exactly pose and run around in the field. They they don't like to do that. They kind of just go out, and if they see you coming, they'll just sit there with this kind of dirty look on their face. It's extraordinary. It certainly is a unique situation. And just to give people an idea, you you live in Colorado, but you're you're pretty far off the beaten trail, aren't you? I mean, you're living pretty much rural, right, or up in the hills. There's people everywhere you look. There's a house everywhere you look. Um, there's roads everywhere. So it's definitely not the same as it was a while ago. So uh, it was definitely out there a while ago, but now it's like, well, everyone kind of lives out here now. Yeah. But yeah, my dad has been working with my lines for like, what has it been? Like 25 years, I think. Um, yeah. He's been rehabilitating them. So I've I've grown up around Mount Lyons since day one. So I'm, I'm uh, you know, so used to it now that having like a little wild mount line in the studio with me, it's like, oh, yeah, well, OK. <laughs> so, Cody, but, it, yeah. it's just such such a blast getting to talk to you again. And I, I, I kind of let's go back in time a little bit here, because here you are, you're 19 years old. You are one of the most you know, talented, driven people I've met and, and, and just for, for your age as well. And I, again, man, I, I don't, I'm not patronizing. I'm just, I'm insanely proud. It's just such, so cool to know you, but take me back to how this started, because even though you live at home, you know, you got a very tight knit family, beautiful family, but yeah. you are a full-time artist. And and I know if you so chose, you could be out there doing it yourself. You just you you choose to live at home. But how how did this start for you? How did this full time gig start for you? For you, take me back to the beginning of of kind of a little bit of your upbringing, your story, and then and then how you became this just creative powerhouse for for lack of a better way of putting it. Because you're you're producing some knockout paintings, they're so competently well painted. They're they're beautifully done. Some really yeah. ambitious subjects as well that you handle very well. And now you're yeah. well sought after. You're selling your work. You're selling a lot of work. So, give me give me the 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 picture here, Cody. Take me back to when when you first got an inkling of, hey man, I, I want to do this. This is this is cool. I want to be an artist. And then how'd you sort of start making those big first moves towards becoming full-time well i'd say in the beginning it was some it was something that kind of just happened and i just kind of went with it it wasn't like okay well i'm i'm gonna be an artist now it kind of just creeped in and then here i am so it was uh like my whole family is it, i live in a very artistic creative family so i've always been around it i've always kind of 
you know, done drawing and stuff like that. But of course, when you're really little, you're not really, you know, trying too hard. And then I was like 11 ish around there. I that's kind of when I started, like at the time, my father had a gallery and I would just be in the back creating stuff. And this was like 2015, somewhere around there. And I'd say that's kind of when it started. I would just grab anything. And um, he was kind of doing uh, more contemporary stuff. I always gravitated towards more representational landscapes, wildlife stuff, stuff like that. And I still have like my very first wildlife painting. It, it's kind of cringy, but I still have it. And then I started uh, sculpting dinosaurs because I found uh, James Gurney and uh, my old younger life I was so into dinosaurs when I saw him he was painting and sculpting dinosaurs I got so inspired by what Gurney was doing I started like doing these pretty good sized sculptures of dinosaurs and I did that for probably six months or so I was like I think I was 12 at this point and then I, I uh, when I, I was scrolling through YouTube and I saw one of your uh, YouTube videos come up and this is I think you had like three YouTube videos up when I first saw the first one and I think that's kind of what spurred me into creating, you know, representational uh, wildlife landscape painting. So, yeah, it was that, that was like late 2016, something like that. The, that's kind of the, the direction that drew me towards like, OK, representational wildlife landscape oil painting, not acrylic, because I found that like, OK, I want to do oil painting. I like that better than acrylic. So, you know, every uh, for kind of the first couple of years I just painted I wasn't like oh do, should I do should I how do I want to make money at this or how am I going to turn this into a business it was like you know I just painted because I love to do it and then I started working with a, a gallery in 2020 so I was working with this art center from like 2018 to 2020 and 2020 I started working with this gallery in Colorado Springs and I've been working with them till, since recently and uh, I've also been working with uh, a local artist here uh, in just outside of Colorado Springs, uh, Dustin Van Wetchel. Um, and that's been like nice because uh, we've done like weekly uh, uh, studio sessions. So I'll go to his studio, um, get set up and, you know, just do a painting there. And, you know, I, I think working with one-on-one -on -one with an artist has really helped kind of expand my horizons, horizons as an artist. And I've learned so many crazy things that like since uh, I first started till recently, I wouldn't even think to do in my pieces. I'd say since then, it's been uh, like just a constant and never ending improvement and always pushing myself to go a little outside of my comfort zone. So like, well, maybe I want to try that gallery out, maybe a little out of my league, but I'm going to go for it anyway. So kind of being in this business has taught me to be very ambitious and, you know, go for, you know, take any opportunity, go, if, no matter how uncomfortable you feel about it, just go into it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I'm still just, I've barely touched the iceberg with where I am now, because every day it's like, you know, I, I'm always looking at another artist's work. I always, I flip the pages in some of my art books. I'm like, Ooh, I, I like the way that artist did it. Maybe I'll try that. Get to the end of the day. Well, that didn't work so well, but maybe I'll try something else tomorrow. Maybe I'll try that again tomorrow. I'm always, I should always be pushing to improve. So right now it's like, okay, well, this painting is coming out a little differently than a painting I did a week ago. So every painting is a little bit different. 
what I'm hearing is a perspective that is is quite uncommon, and it's just uh, again, I, I I don't mean to patronize Cody, I really don't. I just again, it, but I, it's it's a perspective that's quite uncommon because not many people you know, have this, this hunger to, to improve continually, you know, that constant never ending improvement. When I, when I first heard Tony Robbins say that it's something that I was like, Oh, I, I, I get that. I could, I could do that. And that's been something that I've stood by since day one is just finding mm -hmm. some way, something you could do to just make it a little bit better, but it's, it's uncommon. And, and one thing that you find is that when you get into that mindset, you do continually grow, you continue to experiment, you continue to adapt, move and change, you know, arts and exploration, isn't it? And so yeah. this, is, this is something I, I really see you doing. I mean, you're, you're making leaps and bounds in your work. The quality is just, it's gone from strength to strength. I remember saying, and, and, you know, looking at your work way back when, and just saying to Rachel, just like, Good night. Have a look at this. Have a look at this still life with this bison skull. Just come, ch come check this out, you know, and, and just being just knockout paintings. But this is the thing that, that I think not only has helped you, but mm -hmm. you know, it's helped me. I, I, I've, and I, it's not something that's just limited to art, isn't it? I mean, I think you could carry this anywhere through your life, constant and never ending improvement, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of implies every aspect of my life. It has motivated me, disciplined me because I see it as like, it's, you know, art is serious play. Oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. I, I've kind of lived by, I kind of, I've kind of lived by that because it's uh, you, you, you're trying to be serious. You want to, you want to take it seriously. It's a, it's, it is a business, but you're also trying to have fun with it. You know, if you're, if you're not enjoying it, it's like, why are you doing it? So, uh, I've always like, you know, I'd say early on, I, I just did it. I didn't even think, do I want to do something else? And I'd say recently I'm like, okay, why do I enjoy doing this? What, what really excites me about it? Hmm. I think, oh, why, why would something else excite me? Like, you know, does snowboarding excite me? Does being a barber excite me? No, no, not really. Um, and it was always like, I, I can't really put my finger on. It's like, this is exactly why I enjoy painting. It's just something that I've been drawn to and that I do every day with a lot of, ex with just constant excitement. And yes, yeah, some days I'll come up to these. I'm like, uh, well, don't really want to do this today, but you know, I'll get into it. And you know, when I turn the music on or podcast or whatever, you know, half hour later, hour, I'm, I'm totally into it. You know, I get into the routine of like, okay, if I'm not going off running errands or got a show or something like that, I'm here painting. So it is rare where it's like, eh, I just don't feel like painting today because I've just trained my mind where it's like, okay, if I'm, if I know I can be in the studio, I, I'm going to be in the studio. Uh, and it's, it's weird how it's like, it is the past couple of days working up here. It's, I've like completely lost track of time yesterday or it was the day before. I think I had the longest day working behind the easel um and i guess for some reason being in a different studio space has like given me kind of a new clarity like i'm all of a sudden way more productive because the place i the studio space i was in i've been in there since i started like our very first zoom call in 2016 that's where I was. And I, I just came up here recently. So every piece I've ever done has been in that room. So like the other day I started like 
I think it was like 8.15 in the morning. I, I went straight into like 5 p.m. And I'd say for every artist, it's a little different. But for me, it's like, you know, nine hours is a long day for me. Uh, a normal day for me is usually like six hours, something like that. Six, seven hours is a normal day for me. It, depending on the project, like this project, it's got me thinking. Like I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it every every like every minute during the morning until I pull up to the easel and some projects are like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm painting a bison. And then my mind is completely somewhere else the whole time while I'm doing it. But I, I'd say if I'm thinking about it a lot, that means I'd say, okay, I'm onto something. Usually I'm always like, okay, I have to do a block in for every painting I do. But then it's like, well, you know, every time I get to the end of the block in phase of the painting, I kind of wish it was done. So it's like, well, what if I skip the block and I just do a study to make sure my colors are accurate and I go into the final painting, match the colors to my study to make sure my colors are right and just kind of do a one layer top to bottom, kind of like what Mark Majori does, where it's kind of a, a thinner layer of paint with texture here and there, but it's mostly one layer of paint. Every day, it's it's a brand new challenge. Every day, every time I pull up to the easel, it's like, how do I want to mix the color? How do I how do I want to apply the paint? Do I want to do a use a, a Tish dagger or do I want to use just a just a silver? Of course, so, no, the Tish dagger, of course. <laughs> well, I, I've I just got myself back into using that brush. I've had several in there that I haven't used that I bought have never used. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use these, and I'll tell you, they're transforming my paintings. It's like painting grass it's now kind of fun now because that's just the brushy, like all these textured marks, the grass rocks. It's like, that's cool. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been using just like flats for the past couple of years. And I'm like, okay, what if I, what if I use a dagger here? What if I use a filbert? It's like, Oh, I like the marks I'm getting here. And I found myself not even using a flat now. Um, I do every once I do for the bigger blockier shapes, but now it's like, I'm using all kinds of different brushes now which is opening me up to making all kinds of fun new marks like like today i was using i was using this just a oh, yeah, yeah, copy yeah. old brush yeah uh, yesterday i'm like i drew this thing up yesterday i'm like okay how do i want to make how do i want to paint that graph so it looks textured but i'm not you know getting out of hand with the thick paint and palette knife so i went down into a drawer i'm like that'll work i'll, I'll chop it up That'll work. Just, just for the people that are listening to the yeah. audio version of this, Cody's holding up a trimmed fan brush. It looks like it's just been beaten to heck oh, yeah. <laughs> and trimmed yeah. around all with bare. You're mean to your brushes, sir. No, that's, uh, but I, I, I do that trick. I, I love that trick too. It, it oh, gives yeah. such an interesting mark, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd say as fun as uh, as much fun as I have caking on the paint with the palette knife and stuff at the end of the day, I'm like, great. Why did I just do that? And I end up having to scrape it all off. And I've had more oh. days than I've had so many of those days. So it's like, I got this, this little piece that I started experimenting on just oh, based on, my, that's based on my, based on my trip to Glacier last fall. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to kind of treat this as an experimental piece here. And it's like, I, I've, I don't think I've ever learned so much from a little study piece. Um, and I'm not even done with it yet. Um, but I'm like, yeah, I started doing all kinds of stuff with textured brushes, but still keeping it kind of controlled, keeping the paint under control. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's how I kind of paint this stuff with this mount line painting. Because this is this piece is that this is the second time I've done this. Wow. Because it, it it drives my debt crazy, by the way. The because I'll get into a project and if something really isn't working, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna start over. This is ridiculous. And 
Right. I, I do it more than I should, but I'm finding that if I do a study, I don't run into that problem. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't have a ton of patience when it comes to the preliminary work leading up to a painting. It's like, I just want to get into the painting. So I did this little uh, 12 by 16 study, oh, yeah. just, knocked it out, just knocked it out in a day. Um, I can grab it so you can get a better idea of what's happening. Yeah, let's have a let's have a closer look. And again, just for the people listening to the audio version, we're just getting a glimpse now. Uh, Cody's grabbing this study off his Peshad box, and it's a mountain lion descending some rocks here. Beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. And so, and so your preliminary work, I mean, this really does allow you to know that road ahead, right? And, and oh, yeah. so uh, the painting that you're doing is with hindsight, but Listen, man, look, me too. When I, I want to yeah. rush into the final painting all the time. And every time I do that, I, I swear, I kid you not. Every time I do that, I always regret <laughs> it because I'm like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that oh, yeah. or this just isn't working. But you work out those bugs little, you know, and then, yeah. and then it, it gets it gets much easier when you go to work on the bigger piece. Yeah, that was still wet. <laughs> Cody, I, I love the way you look at things, brother. I really do, because you've you've got this this positivity and this enthusiasm for your craft that just comes through when you talk about it, when you describe it. And I I appreciate that so much. Like, dude, I, I'm telling you right now, you fire me up about painting because you're, you're eating up with this. I mean, even if even if you have to scrape something off uh, off the canvas, I mean, what is that? You could you could you know, beat yourself up about it, but just hearing you talk about it there, you don't, you're just like, no, it's about the painting. Cody, man, I, I, I gotta say, I love the way you look at things. You've, you mentioned a couple of things there as well that I want to, I want to come back to, but you've got this positivity and this enthusiasm for your craft that it, it fires me up about painting too. And it's, it's interesting to hear you say, like when you, when you run into that wall of wanting to scrape the painting off, right. And get rid of it. And just like, oh, I'll just start again. You don't seem to be looking at that in a way where you're beating yourself up about it. I I, I would beat myself up about that, you know, and I have before. I I'd like to think I'd handle yeah. it a little better now. But it's just like, oh no, 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 it's all good. We we'll just we we'll just start again. But it's about the right. painting, isn't it? Yeah, that's so cool, man. That's so I mean, cool. it, it it's funny. It's it I remember the very first time I did that where it was a paint, big painting of the Grand Tetons. And I didn't know much about the acrylic to oil paint ratio. So you could put oil over acrylic, Mm -hmm. but you know, this was a recycled canvas. So there was, uh, I think it was acrylic oil. And I went over the oil with acrylic gesso. And I did not know at the time, and this was probably like late 2020, I want to say. And so I didn't know that when there's oil, you can't put acrylic over the top of that. So I started work on this Grand Teton piece and I can't remember how I discovered it, but I was doing something with the palette knife and my palette knife dug right into the gesso layer. And I just popped the gesso layer off in one place. You could see the painting I went over and I'm like, oh, I'd say everyone else was like, kind of felt that pretty bad for me. Like my whole family felt really bad for me. And I'm like, well, why don't I just do it again? I think everyone was at the time was pretty surprised that I was doing that. And I was like, eh, okay, well, I guess I'll do it again. I can do it better. Right. That's kind of how I look at it is like, you know, if I'm going to do it again, it's going to end up looking a lot better than the first time I did it. You know, the, the 
first time I did this, I don't, I, I don't know what's in store for the rest of the piece, but um, for what you could see now, I got that kind of upper half mostly done. And then there's this little rock right there. Mm-hmm. And in the first version, it was kind of rounded, flat, too soft. And I worked on it for probably two or three days. I just did this today and I worked on that rock for probably, I don't know, two hours from start to finish. And it's like, then all of a sudden, Oh, I nailed it. It's like, well, I learned a lot in the first version. So I, so instead of two or three days, it took me two or three hours. You know, I, I I try to avoid it when I can. So now I'm like starting to understand the importance of the preliminary work, the studies, like what I showed you. Yeah. Uh, Okay. This is going to help me. Yes, it, it, I, I get patient. I want to get into the big thing, but just do a study. It'll only take a day. And it was like, okay, just just a day, just to sort things out. And usually it's a full day to get a design together. So this piece is made up of three different images, uh, the landscape and the two mountain lions. Um, and you like I learned uh, how to use Photoshop from uh, Van Wetchel because he's uh, he's worked with Photoshop since Photoshop became a thing in like the late 90s. So he knows the whole thing inside and out. And that's how he designs uh, his pieces. Um, and for the listeners who don't know who he is, go check out Dustin Van Wetchel, really amazing wildlife painter. We'll link and, to him in the, in the show notes as well. Yeah. Awesome. Shout out to Dustin. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's been a great mentor of mine over the past couple of years. And he's really taught me a lot about you know, design and composition in a piece, like all these things where it's like, I never really thought like, okay, don't have like a big no is having a line exit the corner of, uh, in a piece. And I would do that beforehand and I wouldn't even think about it. So it's like, okay, if any line is coming in, change its trajectory to the side or down, don't have it go into that corner. So now before that, I was like, I would design something and not really think about composition. But now it's like, I'm so, I evaluate the composition everywhere. So it's like, okay, I don't want this line running down the middle. I need it slightly off center. Okay, the main focal point kind of in the middle, but you know, 60, 70% of it is on the right. So I'm good there. So so that has really helped me put together, helped me put my designs together. So I'll have a bunch of photos laid out and I'll kind of, it, it's kind of a cut and paste thing. But get on Photoshop and I'll just kind of, I'll do a Photoshop thumbnail and it's just something thrown together. And this was one I did on the road. I was uh, heading over to Scottsdale to see uh, Mark Majori's show last month. Um, Oh, cool. How was that, man? It was freaking awesome. Yeah, I've never been to Scottsdale. And it being winter, like in mid-March, it's still winter here. You go to Scottsdale, it's, it's such a, it's, you go there, it's like 70 degrees. It's amazing. It's a, you get a break from winter. So I had an awesome time down there. Uh, I met Dustin at the show. We had a great time there. Um, I met, met Mark, which he's, he's a really cool guy. And it was a multiple day trip. And my, uh, usually with these trips, I take, it's my dad and I, we uh, kind of travel all over the place. So uh, going through uh, Santa Fe to drop some work off at a gallery and just in the hotel room. And I'm like, okay, I need to do a mountain line. What, what could I do here? And I just break out my laptop and I'm like, two mountain lines. That's unique. Two mountain lines kind of interacting with their environment. Okay. And I literally threw the whole thing together in like five minutes. And, you know, it still needed a little bit of work. So when I got back, I just kind of tweaked it a bit. 
So it's like the, originally the mountain lion was not up on that little knoll. It was he was directly behind him. So that's really the only thing I changed. Um, so yeah, design kind of looping back around. A design can take you know about a day for me, depending on how complex it is. But it's usually a day of designing. And now now I, the importance of studies, a day for uh, the uh, color study, and then a day to kind of get the the linen ready, get it drawn up, toned, all that. So it's kind of like three full days until I can get into the painting, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much time at all. You know, uh, it's, I'm constantly changing with what I'm doing here. So it's like, I'll go through this period of time where it's like, okay, all I want to do is 48 by sixties. And then, you know, paint the, all those paintings come out great. And then it'll kind of just stop. It's like, okay, why, why are these big paintings not working? And then I'll do the same thing on like an 18 by 24 and I knock it out quickly and it comes out great. So at this stage, kind of it, I'm still kind of in the beginning stages of where you'd say in my art career, but compared to like a lot of these other big names who've been at it for 50 years. So, you know, I'm, I'm still uh, like really early on in the process. So I'm constantly shifting to one thing or the other, different sizes, different subject matter. So, you know, like I said, I think earlier on that I'll be doing this big scene of uh, the Grand Canyon. I've never painted desert scene Grand Canyon before, but you know, I I've done a study for it and I'm glad I did the study or the final painting. If I just went into that, it would have been a disaster. Having a really solid design to work from and a good stu color study to work from, I've found that's like, it helps tremendously with uh, the final painting that it goes much more smoothly. You have more fun with it, but you know, doing the color study helps kind of work all that stuff out. And if I'm struggling with the color, I put my study right next to my palette and I'll just try to, you know, kind of get a color close. So if it's like a rock, I like, okay, that's a tricky color. I'm going to try, I got to try to match it to what I kind of what I did it in the color study. And most of the time I'll have the colors close to what the study represents, but it's like, eh, that needs to be a little bit brighter. This, this needs to be a bit punchier. Mm -hmm. So you know, that works out, you know, 95% of the problems. Um, but, you know, you get into the final painting, everything gets amplified. It's all so much bigger. So, you know, I make a lot of changes kind of during the middle of the process. It's it's wonderful to kind of hear a, and get a glimpse of how you're, you're putting these paintings together. I, I want to ask you some things to do with the business side of art, because this is something that I'm quite curious about I, i'm I, i'm just blown away again by your trajectory so far i mean here you are you're you're now represented by by galleries and i know you might be kind of between things at the moment but mm -hmm. you 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 you've been represented by reputable galleries how did you first kind of make your approach and and get that because there's a lot of artists out there that and i get this message all the time you know, Tish, how, how do I, how do I get represented by a gallery? How, how do, how does that work? What, what did, how did it work for you? And what advice would you, would you do it differently now? Or what advice would you give to somebody who really wanted to get represented by a gallery in this day and age? Well, I mean, it, every artist's approach is very different. And for me, the gallery method has worked very well. Um, all the galleries, like I, I know some, some artists don't really like, you know, the gallery takes 40, 50%. I've only encountered 40%, fortunately. 
Um, and, you know, I priced my work kind of accordingly to that. And uh, when I, like I said earlier, like, you know, when I first got into the art center, it was like you could just walk in the door, sign this thing, and they put your work on the wall. And that was really good for me in the beginning, like just to get my foot in the door. And then, um, you know, I, I I was with them for a while. And then kind of my last hurrah with the, it was the uh, Manitou Art Center, uh, just outside of Colorado Springs. Uh, they kind of, my last hurrah with them was a one-man show. And it was, I think it was like their biggest show they ever had. Um, wow. They sold almost all my work. So it was like, I think it was like their awesome. biggest show they've ever had. Yeah, and then I got in. There was another gallery in Colorado Springs that I got into. Uh, the owner, uh, I had a, I, I had a uh, article. I think it was the Gazette, which is kind of the Colorado Springs newspaper. I think the owner saw it. Uh, really liked what he saw. Brought me in, and, and I was with uh, with that gallery uh, till recently. And I've uh, started to branch out quite a bit. I'm now uh, represented by uh, a gallery in. Uh, Santa Fe called uh, Legends of the West Gallery. I've been when, been with them since January, and they have been really good to work with. And I have a uh, one man show coming up with those guys at the end of the July. At the end of July, we could discuss more of that uh, at the end of the show. You know, I tried the, I kind of tried the, you know, YouTube and Patreon and all that, kind of like what you're doing, and because it was still kind of new to me, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get into this. And uh, I so I got into YouTube and this was probably around 2020. I think I started a YouTube channel and I put out a probably a dozen videos, a little over maybe, you know, 15, 16 videos. And, uh, you know, I was really getting into it kind of a couple of videos in, but then it's like, OK, I, I, I don't know if the, the video thing is really for me because I just I just want to paint. I like, you know, I just want to paint get my work out there and people to kind of get my work in front of people and continue painting. So it's like, so that, I think that's when galleries started becoming more. It's like, I think I'm kind of more of the, I'd say old school artist who paints for galleries, does big shows, all that kind of like a John Banovich. And, you know, it, it, it kind of sucks in a way because, you know, I have a YouTube channel and I have, and I have like something like almost 3000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Cool. I haven't put out a video. I haven't put out a video since in like uh, like two years. <laughs> I haven't put out a video, um, so it's like my channel continues to grow, but I'm like I haven't put anything out. Um, and you know, I I may go back to it. You know, I already have one. I've like recently I thought I was going to go back into it, but kind of changed my mind a bit. So I have a video of a recent piece I did, kind of just sitting there waiting to be edited. But you know, it's all, I'm always leaving the door open for that. I, I may go back to uh may go back to youtube i may even try patreon hmm. but you know right now I'm, I'm trying to like focus on putting majority of my focus on getting better as an artist and you know throwing all my attention on how to get just better at my craft so you know i have the one gallery in santa fe and you know i'm looking to say okay like looking at Jackson, like, okay, what galleries are up there? What could I look at in kind of that area? What about, what about the Denver area? So, you know, constantly looking for new avenues, but, you know, galleries have always worked out, you know, I, I'd say it's worked out pretty well for me. 
Um, but I've also been here and there. I've like, I, I'll kind of plan a trip. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go talk to these six galleries. And, you know, I don't go in with, you know, paintings under my arm saying, you know, I want to be represented. That's um, my trick. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> well, one gallery suggested I kind of do that. It, it, it was a little awkward, I'd say. So I didn't do it again. You know, I just go like, I'll just go visit half a dozen galleries. You know, I just say, could I get your opinion on my work? And I'll just, you know, I'll have my computer with me. And because you, like when you walk into the door of a gallery, you don't really want to make it look, I would say you don't want to make it look like, you know, you're an artist coming in seeking representation. Because I always get the impression, like, if that's what you look like, the person at the front desk is going to look up and be like, oh, great, here we go again. So I'm like, I just want to casually walk in and look at some of the work on the wall you know, don't really give off the impression that I'm like, I'm wanting to get into the gallery or anything. And then, you know, I'll talk to whoever, I'll walk up and talk to whoever's at the front desk. If it's a gallery, I am looking at like saying, okay, I really want to re be represented here. Like going around looking at some of the galleries in Scottsdale, most, I, I went into a lot of them and I would walk around like this, this isn't really, not really my vibe. So, I, you know, I had a lot of that. So I'd always walk around and make sure like, is this a gallery that you know, I'd fit in. And then if it is, I'd say like, I'd say I, I'd keep it very casual because I initially I'd, I'd sound very, uh, you know, robot kind of a sound like very rehearsed, like I rehearsed everything that came out of my mouth. So now it's like, okay, I need to sound more relaxed. Like I'm just kind of casually bringing it up. So like, you know, I'm just a young artist from Colorado. My name's Cody kind of a thing. Just keep it, keeping it super casual. Could I get your opinion on some of my work? So it's like, I think it's different when you say, could I get your opinion versus could you take a look at some of my work? So, and I'd say half the time it's like, no, I, not at this time. No, it's like, okay, thank you. And then the other half it's, you know, it's most of the time that the other half of the time it's, they, they want to take a look and, you know, they give me, they give me their feedback on it and both. And then usually they direct me to some other gallery and, you know, I, I've only started doing this because I was with that one gallery in Colorado Springs for a little while. And just this year, this year has been like, okay, this year is going to be different. I'm going to be, I got to challenge myself, put myself in uncomfortable situations, do something, you know, do things I've never done before here. So going out and talking to galleries, I've never really done before. It was only like in January that I started doing that. So, and then like, I will sometimes submit my work through like a gallery website, but sometimes like, you know, that, that hasn't really worked. Like I'll send it, I'll just submit my work. Most of the time I pretty much, I haven't heard any, I don't hear anything back. So I think it's always good to go to a gallery in person and present yourself. You know, I know you've brought up kind of like the pros and cons of being with a gallery. And, you know, being with a gallery, like if they do a really good job at what they do, they sell your work, they're really nice to work with. And they they just, they sell your paintings. It makes it so you can spend more time actually working on your painting. And, you know, they, kind of, yeah. they, they handle like, you know, shipping the painting to like, you know, if someone bought the painting halfway across the country, they, they handle the shipping, sending it there and you, you just get a check in the mail. Mm. So I, I'd say, you know, the gallery route is 
that has always been like, I've always preferred that route um, over like, you know, the video making or just selling direct, like, you know, people contacting me and then wanting to buy directly from me. Because I think some people, if they want to buy a painting direct from their artist, they think it's going to be cheaper, but it's, it's kind of the same either way. So well, I think it has to be right. It, it has to be oh, yeah. the same either way because you got to maintain market value. There's I'm oh, yeah. sorry to sorry to cut you off there, Cody, but I, I I think what you said there is just so important. Um, and and I I hear this all the time, and I've had clients that have tried to to discount the prices or work with me direct, going, oh, "I'll get it on the cheap." It's like, well, hang on a second. If I give you the discount, I'm going to screw that person over there who paid full price as well, and and myself yeah. because you're you're trying to achieve a particular market value with your work and maintain that market value. You know, oh, people yeah. have got a lot of hangups about, about money and all that stuff. So let's put that to one side, but you know, it, it's, it's so important that you maintain that and, and a discount could, could really kill that. And so that that's, you're doing it the right way, bro. Like it, it's, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. Maintain that value, even if it's direct or, or through a gallery. Yeah. I mean, most galleries, they do offer discounts, but if they're a good gallery, they'll like, you know, they'll call you and say, these people would like a 10% discount. Is, is that okay? Um, and most of the time, if they want a bit of a discount, I'm, I'm good with it. I've had galleries just give people discounts and not tell me. And then it's like, why is there 10% missing out of this check? Um, and they'll just give, they'll just give these people discounts and they don't tell the artist. And I've had that happen to me. And that's usually like, if they call and ask me about it, I'm more inclined to say, yeah, you, you can have a 5% discount, but if they just, if the gallery just goes ahead and gives the discount, doesn't really tell the artist then I'm like, uh, that, that, that's not really being honest here. And I've had that happen before. So, you know, the, and, you know, I found social media to be a great platform to kind of market, uh, and promote these things I have at these galleries. So as of right now, um, you know, I, I'm heading up to Jackson in like a week and a half to talk to a bunch of galleries up there. And it's always, it's kind of just like, I'm going up there talking to them. Don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe I'll, uh, you know, work with a gallery up there. Maybe not. I don't know, but I'm, I'm kind of open to all avenues here. And I think, I think some artists, they can rejection can be, can kind of hit them hard. I hear a lot of younger artists who like, you know, they maybe want to, they want to get out into the, into the gallery market, but they don't want to be rejected. And usually that keeps them from actually doing it. So, you know, going out there and kind of just getting used to it because, you know, in life you're going to get rejected. And, you know, I went, I, I've literally visited every single, almost every gallery in downtown Scottsdale. It was either I, I got a, no before they even they didn't even look at my work i would just ask them could i get your opinion on my work and they're like no not right now or you go into galleries and they're willing to look at your work but they're like oh well maybe go over here maybe they'd like to show your work so i went through all of scott's like downtown scottsdale and that's just if anything it's just a big learning experience because it's like you learn to be more resilient not every gallery is going to take your work so even for me it's like I'm intimidated sometimes to go into these uh, other galleries, like these bigger name galleries. It's like, okay, these guys might be a little out of my league, but what's it hurt trying? They're probably, nothing's going to happen, but you know, there's no hurt in trying. But I, I don't even really call it rejection because it's more of just like, if they say, 
you know, no, we don't want to represent you. It's like, okay, then you probably, you may not, you, then you probably think you, I, you wouldn't be able to sell my work. And, you know, both of us wouldn't want, wouldn't want that. So, you know, you wanted to go, you want to go into a gallery where, you know, they're confident they could sell your work and, you know, they're good to work with. And, you know, you, you both respect each other in the business relationship, but, you know, just for me, it's like the gallery method has worked very well. It makes it so I don't have to deal with all kind of the, the nitty stuff on the side where it's like, okay, great. I got to spend half the day in front of the computer. Um, it's like, okay, from sunup to sundown, I can be behind the easel. The giving the gallery 40%, it's like, well, they de- I think they deserve it based on like all the other stuff they do just to get, you know, the work sold. I think it's well worth it. So I'd say initially it was kind of hard. It was like, ah, 40%, that, that's a lot. But now I, I look at it as well. I think with how much they do to, you know, promote it, sell it, ship it to wherever in the world. Yeah, it's a service, it, right? They're providing a service yeah. for a fee. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, to any young artist who wants to kind of get out into the art world, uh, you know, going to like, you know, smaller galleries, if you're kind of starting, who or like the like the art center I mentioned, just just a way to get your foot in the door, because that's how you kind of get notoriety, you get recognized, and then it'll kind of take you from there. So I might still do video stuff on the side. And, you know, maybe at some point in the future, it may blow up to be a bigger thing. But as for right now, it's like, okay, galleries, I'm really, I really want to make this gallery thing work because, you know, I see the value, I see all the value in it and I see what it can do for me. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to run with that for a little while and see where it goes. And maybe in the next couple of years, maybe I'll start up YouTube again. Maybe I'll start Patreon. Well, like, you know, right now, nothing is a guarantee. So well, let, let me ask uh, you, let me ask you about that, because we're, we're at a very interesting time right now being, you know, as of recording this call, it's, it's early in 2023. Um, and, and the world is a very interesting place. There's all kinds of geopolitical stuff going on that we don't need to get into. Just turn on the news, you know, what's going on. And we're, there's, there's some economic stuff that's happening. Now, I know from the past that anytime you get a little bit of a wobble in the market or the economy, this has a flow on effect. Does mm-hmm. that concern you? Do you factor that into your, your thinking? I, again, just going back to, you know, you're a positive guy. You're, you're incredibly driven. But we, we can't deny that there is stuff that's going on that's beyond our control. How are you going to brace yourself against some of the stuff that could affect that sector? Have you thought about this? Well, I'd say even right now that's happening to me because kind of since I started being in galleries, galleries have sold my work. It's been kind of consistent for me. And as of like six months ago, I think I've really felt that kind of wobble. I'd say from last fall to now, it's been pretty low in the, I'd say in the art market. So you kind of, you kind of predict that, that that's going to happen. So, you know, you have a big show, you sell everything and, you know, you have, you kind of have prepare for those uh, downtimes because as an artist, that's going to happen. You're going to go, you're going to have a period of the year where you sell, you know, six paintings a month. And then you'll go a period of time where you go six paintings, six months and not sell a single painting. 
and that that's kind of the reality of being an artist so i've kind of been waiting for that to happen you know recently it's like we've not had really a dip like this in recent years and you know like you said like kind of last time as far as i know kind of something like that happened was like in 2008 but i was you know what was i like four so i uh well that one got me (laughs) i wasn't even aware it was happening i was too little to understand it so you know it's kind of the first time in my lifetime where i've been aware of it and I've kind of been waiting for it to happen. And I think it's kind of here now. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to freak out about it. I've, I've been kind of predicting, planning on this happening where things take a big dip. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to focus on creating the best work I can do. Maybe get a show, get a show ready, kind of get some things planned, work towards those things. Don't worry about trying to sell paintings right now because, you know, w- when you do really good work, the business will follow. You know, I, I have that show coming up in July. It's okay. Okay. I don't need to sell a painting between now and then. I, I just need to focus on that show. And if I do, great. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang tight. I was, I, I was kind of preparing for this. So I'm just going to do the best work I can do right now. And quality. then once Focus I, on quality. Exactly. So mm-hmm. You know, one, when I have half a dozen, dozen paintings and that comes back up, it'll I'll, I'll kind of have kind of a new line of stuff to present to the public once that kind of comes back up. And, you know, right now it's kind of hard to say when that'll be. So when- let me throw something in the mix there, Cody. Sorry, but let me let me throw something in the mix because you've um, you've mentioned something there that's so vitally important. You're you're controlling the things that you can control. You're not worried about this stuff going on outside but you're focused on the thing that you've got right now under your direct control. And I, I, I love that you're a, you're a glass half full guy, you know, that you're, you're looking at this from an optimistic point of view, because there's a lot of people saying, this is it. This is the crash. It's never coming back. It's going to go down the the tubes. And, and, but Mm -hmm. you're like, no, this is what happens. I was planning on this. I was predicting this. This is just going to happen. And so it'll dip here. And then it'll come on back up again. I do also, because I was there and, and I was aware, you know, the 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 whole thing happening in 2008 and, and the whole flow on effect for us in Western Australia, it didn't really ha- hit real hard until a few years later uh, with, a, with a resource mm-hmm. downturn. And I've, I've spoken about that. But the, the thing is, is that at that time, people were saying, it's never coming back. People were like, this is it. This is the crash. It's going down. It's not coming back. Yeah. And and it's just interesting to reflect on that now. Now, look, I, none of us have a crystal ball. I have no idea what's happened now. I, I think I think there is going to be some sort of reset. They're calling it great. Okay. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, congrats. But if you don't, maybe look into it a little bit. But what is the fallout from that thing going to be? And, yeah. and I, I, I do think though, just from my perspective, I'd love to get your take on this, but anticipating change is absolutely vital for oh, yeah. surviving, you know, as, as a, as an art business, as a business person, an artist, a creator, a professional anticipating that change. You do have to kind of predict a little bit, you know, it's going to change. Yeah. Do you know what the change is going to be? Well, maybe not, but you know, you, one way that 
I've found that I, I've been able to weather multiple storms now is through diversification. Now, what does mm -hmm. that mean? You know, that, that means that for every single painting you do, you know, for me, if I'm going to do a painting, my question is, how many times can I be paid for this painting? Well, in one sense, you know, when you make that painting, you're thinking to yourself, well, I sell the painting. Okay, I make my, my money once. Okay, what if you do mm -hmm. prints? Now you make your money twice. And yeah. then for, well, as soon as you go online, you're like, oh, what if I have online content that comes off the back of that painting? Well, now you're making money three times, but that online thing, you can, if you're clever, you can, you can multiply that. And I'm not saying I'm clever, by the way. I think even a blind hog finds a truffle once in a while. But I, I, I stumbled across something there with, with my work that, that I, I, I found, oh, diversification is key. So, so when the change happens and it wipes out a sector, or it wipes out an industry, or it sh really shakes things up, if you still have something to stabilize. You know, and, and so, Cody, you know, diversification for you, I mean, it might look a little bit different. It might be that you're, you're not exhibiting just in Santa Fe or just in Scottsdale or just in Denver. It's actually all three of those or multiples, you know, that, oh, yeah. that, that's diversification in a way too, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I'm heading with it. And, you know, Prince, I think that's very likely to start happening pretty soon, but you know, I've had a lot of people ask me about Prince and that's something that I'm going to do, but I just, it hasn't felt like the right time to do it yet based on where my work is. But the one thing I'm focusing on is, you know, I need to be kind of, I need to stretch kind of all over the place here because I'm like being in one gap, being in one place like if anything happens to that gallery, boom, gone. You know, if, if I have like four different galleries in that, you know, stretched across, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Arizona, then it's, it, it changes things. Like you can, being diverse with how I present my work is very crucial because like if one, if something happens to one gallery, it's like, okay, well, I still have these other three galleries. Mm -hmm. I'm Okay. I, I I didn't just lose everything. And I think over the past couple of years, up until recently, when I was just with one gallery, that was kind of a concern of mine because if anything happens to this gallery, what am I going to do? And recently I've realized the importance of diversity with how I'm going to, you know, display my work. Where am I going to display it? What, what's the best places to display my work? Because I wanted to go into some very modern contemporary gallery. That's probably not going to be the place for me. <laughs> as, as young artists, I think going all over the map and diversifying where you put your work is very, very crucial because, you know, it, it gets your foot in the door in so many places and you start to get, you know, start to get a lot of eyes on your work all over the place. If you're kind of in my position or a young artist, just kind of just starting out, uh, like I said, starting in one place just to get your foot in the door. But while you're doing that, go all over the go to several other places and different states, you know, kind of do whatever it takes to go to all these other places and, you know, to kind of get more people to see your work. And, you know, initially, you'll, like I said, you'll you'll get probably a lot of rejection. But, you know, you as you keep improving, you'll start to encounter less and less of that. So. Well, let, let me ask you about that because that's that's something that's so important. I feel, and I get I get asked about this a ton. You're 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 a confident guy, Cody, and and I'd say that it, it almost sounds like it comes naturally. 
Um, but for a lot of people that email me and a lot of messages that I get, a lot of people just have trouble making that first approach to begin with. It's like just to go to a gallery and face the thought of, no, thank you. Not right now. That's mortifying for a lot of people. Oh how yeah. Would you, how would you, because to you, like I'm just hearing you before, it's like, ah, no big deal. Next. You know, I, and I'd like to think that I, I've been able to do that in recent years. But when mm -hmm. I first started out, I was a shy guy. I, I was terrified. And then when, when I was rejected, it pissed me off. And, and I, I got hurt and bent out of shape about it. But how do you do that? How do you cultivate this confidence that you have? Is that something that you just have naturally? Or do you think it's something that somebody could acquire as a skill, maybe work on and develop? What, what would you say to that, to, to just helping somebody just to make that initial approach to begin with and not be afraid to hear the nose. I'd say for me, it's always been like, I, I feel like it, of what I can remember to kind of approaching galleries or like I said, I mean, approaching galleries, I haven't, I haven't been doing it for that long, but any other thing related to promoting yourself and getting out there can be scary for a lot of, a lot of people. And for me, I, I just, for me, I've never, I don't think I've really had like fear of it. It's always, for me, it's kind of come naturally. Like, I don't really remember a time where I was uh, kind of like, I, I was kind of scared to do it or like, I kind of feared, well, what, a, what if I hear no? Like it's of what I can remember kind of in recent years of kind of promoting myself, my experiences with galleries. It's, it, it's kind of, always come naturally to me but for a lot of people a lot of artists who you know maybe are a little little unsure about approaching a gallery all i can really say is like you know if you if you know that's what you want to do you just you know you just do it and like i said initially it'll be it'll be scary and you you don't go into your very first gallery kind of maybe you don't intend on getting into that gallery and maybe yeah you're 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 shaking in your boots but like you're you're gonna start building up that confidence so you know a dozen galleries later you're feeling pretty good about it even though you've kind of can't you've heard a dozen no's mm -hmm. um you've built up that confidence to keep pursuing it if you've gone into 12 galleries and something hasn't happened um maybe like kind of look back at your work and kind of evaluate what you're doing but you know after quite a few galleries you're going to start building up that confidence. Uh, nothing, nothing fancy. Just, just do it. Just get out there and just uh, do it. I, I'd say that's kind of my advice. Uh, and, you know, uh, even initially, I think it's good to uh, contact, like if you want to, you know, get in touch with the gallery, like for me, most of the time I've just walked in and, you know, that's worked out in some cases, sometimes it doesn't, but I think it's in, this, in the beginning, it's a good idea to, you know, send these galleries a, you know, very well thought out email. I think sending an email, then getting in touch via email and you start having these conversations back and forth. I think going into the gallery, it's not as scary. It's just a matter of getting in there and building that confidence. And I think ultimately that's, that's the best way to do it is getting into it. I, I don't think there's really any like, secret way if you do this then you'll be confident you just got to get into it and that's how you build confidence 
so Cody, this is such an exciting journey that you're on. I, I've I've just been just amazed watching you from from when you were starting out when we first started talking when you were 12 and yeah. where you are now as a, as a, as a 19 year old just an incredibly talented guy your your work ethic your drive you inspire me dude so so what's next for you what are some of the things you're really excited about where are you going with your work what's on the horizon uh, that's kind of a, i'd say a trickier question because I, I a lot of the time i'm like such in the here and now with what i'm doing that sometimes i'm like okay whoa what am I doing that? What am I doing in the next month or two? But yeah, no, I, I still like put bigger goals on the horizon. So, you know, I have more lengthy goals that I'm working towards that I like in terms of big shows and everything. So as for like painting, it's like, you know, I want to, I really need to, I really want to take it a step further here. And I know it's like, it's just there. It's like, because every like every couple of years, I kind of take this step with my work, and it's like, oh, I can just I could just see it. What what's the next big step for me? Because usually it's like it's kind of a painting that kind of just happens. It's like, oh, this is it. So maybe I mean maybe who knows? This could be the painting, but it's kind of trying to find a rhythm with my work. Because right now, maybe maybe it still seems a little uh, a little clunky with my process like I don't, I don't really have a process where it's like i pull up to the easel and i kind of know how i'm going to paint this tree or how i'm going to paint that rock it still feels a little uh, undefined a little clunky with how i approach it so you know i'm really working hard towards finding a, a rhythm in my workflow and i think that's like the biggest thing i'm pushing for right now is i mean it may, maybe seem kind of small on the outside but Every time it's like, okay, how can I approach this where it's going to go smoothly? I'm not going to be so unsure about it. I'm not going to be like, uh, is this going to work? Isn't that? I just go into it. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can tackle that tree. No problem. Like using that as an example. So trying to find a, a, a smooth rhythm in my workflow is a big one for me right now. And like I said, it kind of seems smaller, not a very big goal on the outside, but it is really like the main thing I'm working towards right now. And then like, of course, every piece I do creating the best work I can right now to go into the galleries. And I think right now, because I know I got, I'm talking to all, I'm going to go talk to all these new galleries. It's like, okay, I really got to blow their socks off here. So I got to do the best I can do the best I'm capable of doing. And that is really motivating me to, not be kind of in the marsh with it, just like barely moving along. It's like, as soon as I have like, you know, a show or a reason that I need to create really good work, I snap right into it. Brilliant. So, mm. you know, like, so I have that uh, one man show coming up and it's like, okay, I know kind of a theme for what I need to do for that. And I know how I, how much time I have, which granted isn't a ton of time. And I know how I need to get it done. So that kind of kicks me into high gear. And, and, you know, it's kind of, and also having fun with the process, like going out and talking to all these galleries and hearing, you know, you get rejected or you get accepted. You just, you just have fun. I'm, like, I just try to have fun with the whole process. Enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And 
as for right now, I'd say those those kind of two big things are are the things I'm really working hard towards. Awesome. And after after that, it's like, well, we'll kind of see what happens after that. But I'm still I'm still early in the journey here. And I don't want to like, you know, spread myself too thin and try to focus on a thousand different things at the same time. Because if you focus on too many things at the same time, each one of those things might be done kind of average, mediocre. So I try to focus on like, you know, no more than two to three things. So I can really put as much focus on all on those things as possible. So I can do as good of a job as I can with it. So yeah, it's at this stage, I'm just trying to find a really smooth workflow where I come into the studio, I feel fresh. And I know when I pull up to the easel, this is how I'm going to approach this painting. This is how I'm going to tackle it. And there isn't as much uncertainty. So I'm trying to kind of eliminate all the uncertainty that I've kind of dealt with whenever I come up to the easel, because I always have like, well, what if I approach it like this? What if I approach it like that? What if I, you know, it's a lot of what ifs, I'd say a little too many what ifs. And then I can kind of drive myself crazy with it. So trying to be more just, and that's kind of also where confidence comes in is just going into it and, you know, seeing what happens. So I'm kind of like kind of guy who just dives right in and I'll see what happens. I don't want to overthink it. So I hear it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. In my situation, it is a little unusual to have a, like someone my age doing what I'm doing. And for a lot of people, it can be a little daunting to go into um, being an artist, especially at a younger age, if you're in your teens or something, you know, and, you know, some people maybe not don't have the support behind backing them up or anything like that. But, you know, I'd say if there's any like, well, do I want to do it? You just got to do it. If there's any like any little thing just saying, well, do I want to do it? You just got to do it. And you know, I, I say it takes you some pretty crazy places when you're really ambitious with it. And, you know, if you, if you decide to get into it, you know, become really good at it, like just do the absolute best you can. And yes, there'll be some frustrations along with it, but that, I mean, that's part of the process Mm -hmm. and just getting into the process, absorb, like just looking at, you know, absorbing all the, uh, all the other information, like, look at, you look at the greats, look at the masters and learn from them and also learn from the people who you know the artists today that maybe you can even go you know go to their studios and see what they're doing you know just get it super inspired but with what's around you because talking to other artists seeing other artists artwork in person maybe even seeing like their process with how they do it you know i think having for any young artist to have a mentor is really important um because I think that really helps anybody's trajectory as an artist is, you know, to have, you know, you have your other resources, you learn from other artists, but having a mentor to work with is really important because that's how you can pick up on some really important uh, knowledge from just from working with an artist for like six months. It's amazing what you'll learn. That's awesome. And yeah. it's, you just kind of go, you go all in, no hesitation because, you know, because I think a lot of young artists, you know, if they're 16, 15, something like that, they have some hesitation mm-hmm. um, and just going all in on it, like mm-hmm. just be super ambitious, do everything you can. And most importantly, like sit behind that easel and, you know, work your butt off and become as good as you possibly can. And ultimately, you know, success f- will follow. 
people see that you are committed to what you're doing and can see that you are just getting better by every painting they're they're gonna like and i'm kind of more referring to galleries here like if they see that you are committed to what you're doing they're gonna say like okay well kind of like in my situation where okay well his work is like this now but imagine what it's going to be like in five or ten years so once that, yeah. once anybody sees that commitment they're going to be they're, they're going to be you know more willing to work with you to represent you to sell your work um rather if it's a mentor or a gallery you know in, in the initial stages you don't have to go fancy just you know get some paint get a canvas you know get what you can and just start working and over time you'll start kind of you'll start building like I said, more confidence in what you do. You're going to start building discipline because I think being an artist is a really good way to discipline yourself in kind of all walks and all aspects of life. Um, okay. If, because if you if you treat if you treat your art business seriously, but like I said, you still have fun with it. You you don't treat it too seriously. That's going to kind of go throughout all all aspects of life. You're going to be productive in the morning. You're, you're going to get up early. You're going to get in front of the easel early. You're not going to stop till the sun goes down. Once you kind of get into that mindset it, of like how you, that's how you run your business. It kind of goes throughout all aspects of your life. And ultimately will just make you more of a, a ambitious, confident individual. And I think that's what being an artist has really helped and, contributed is just helping me more be more confident and ambitious in what I do and kind of all aspects of life. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Cody, you fire me up. You <laughs> fire me up, man. I want to go paint something. I, I just really appreciate this time. And you know, I I this this is this was cool having a chance to catch up with you again and record it uh, for the Definitely. podcast and 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 get just a little bit more of a glimpse into your world but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Cody, for being on The Creative Endeavor. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Creative Endeavor podcast as much as I've enjoyed bringing it to you. A huge shout out and thank you to Cody Oldham for joining me. Now, once again, if you're not already following Cody on Instagram, make sure you change that right now. Go and follow him at Cody underscore Oldham underscore artist and on his website at www.codyoldham.com so inspiring to have this opportunity to catch up with him once again and i'm looking forward to bringing you another installment another conversation with cody right after his show in santa fe we're going to hear all about it and how that show went now if you enjoyed this episode please do me a huge favor leave me a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on it makes a huge difference to the show I really appreciate that so much. Now, if you want to find out more about me, hear what I'm up to and get the latest, then make sure you visit andrewtischler.com. That last name is spelled T-I-S-C-H-L-E-R. And also while you're there, pick up your free copy of my studio guide. That's oil painting techniques with yours truly. All right, I'm going to get out of here and get back to painting. It's been an absolute pleasure having your company here in the studio, and I'll see you again in another episode of The Creative Endeavor.